Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. And this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. When, uh, when Preston first suggested this sermon series, uh, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I was actually pretty excited about it. And as many of you know, I'm not usually excited about Preston's sermon series suggestions, okay? Uh, but, but I was actually really excited about this, uh, mostly because he always gives me the really hard ones to preach. That's why I'm usually, like, not a huge fan. Um, but, uh, but I was really excited about this. I was excited because I believe that the care of our bodies, our minds, and our souls has got to be one of the most, uh, and, and has to be some of the most important work that we're going to do. And, uh, and so I, I wanted to, I, I was excited about this. And, and I'm excited that we're, we're really kind of doing two Sundays here. Preston did last week, I'm doing this week. Then we're going to take a little break, actually, from this, while we do some Advent stuff, because believe it or not, Advent starts next week. Yeah, for those of you who are shocked, next week, Advent starts. It feels like things are happening really fast, actually. Some things incredibly slow, <laughs> and other things really fast, right? We've hit Christmas already. Anyways. Um, and, uh, and my hope is that uh, when we come back to this series in January, that we will be taking quite seriously what it means for us to take care of our mind, bodies, and our spirits. And so, in a way, this morning, my hope is to just challenge us a little bit to think uh, in a little bit broader kind of sense of the term. Okay? Um, what does it mean for us, right, to set up healthy things in our life, healthy relationships, helpful, helpful routines, right? Even, even making plans for us to check in with each other is a part of how we will care for our minds, our bodies, and our spirits in these coming, coming months. And actually, I really actually do want to say this. I'm going to just pause from my notes for a second and say, actually, I really want you to think about this. When I, I sit on a, on a coalition of mental health workers in our community, they're everything from some of the counselors that are present here, but also guidance counselors at schools, uh, nurse practitioners, a whole group of people. And we get together and we talk about what it means to be a, a, a mentally healthy community. And I got to tell you, those folks are saying that January and February are going to be some of the hardest months that, that we have ever experienced. And so there is a part of me that really wants you to take seriously hearing my voice today that, that actually we do want to be the kinds of people who are preparing ourselves for a season of winter. And that there's going to be some, some coming challenges that are coming. So I, do, I, I really do actually think um, that this is, this is really uh, important. And so I'm talking about self-care this morning. I'm talking about what does it mean to care deeply about what is happening inside of our interior lives. Okay? Now, I, I want to name a few things as I kind of get started. Because, because actually for some of us, to say self-care or to be self-aware or any of this kind of language actually brings up some some images that aren't actually uh, great, okay? And so I want to name some of those things that, that actually the evangelical world, 
the evangelical world, evangelical church, has kind of a history of teaching us, right, that our bodies are these worldly vessels, and that because they are worldly vessels, they are therefore sinful. They're therefore sinful, you know, something that we can't trust, right? That, that, that something that will deceive us, right, into, into a dangerous, dangerous place. And, and in some ways, that's true. In some ways, that is true. But I was taught, actually, right, to, to do not trust this, that, that this will lead me astray, will lead me down paths that are dangerous, okay? And they ha it has. It's a fact. This body and some of the things inside of it have led me to dangerous places, okay? So I, I want to be honest about that, right? In some traditions in the evangelical world, we've kind of elevated this other part. We've actually elevated the word sacrifice. We've elevated the word sacrifice to such a high standard, right, that whenever we talk about caring for ourselves or doing self-care, that we actually hear that this is selfish. That it's selfish, actually, to, to do self-care and to take care of ourselves. Right? So I want to name that, too. You hear me? A couple things I'm trying to point out. Right? Well, I've also been around here long enough to see in others, and I've also been around long enough to see in myself that there have been a few times when my need to serve others has become an idol. It's become an idol. That the service of others has become more important than the service of God and the care of myself. And so in a way, I'm going to try to suggest kind of a third way, <laughs> a third way of kind of seeing this this morning. So you hear the complexity of what we're going to try to do here this morning? There is a complexity here. I'm actually not going to su suggest that self-care is selfish. Because I actually believe it is profoundly, profoundly important. And to do self-care or to think about what it means to be to self-discover or become self-aware of what we're doing and what's happening inside of us is actually to come in contact with the divine. It is actually to come in contact with the divine, the very spirit inside of you. It's like Colin suggested this morning, right? The air we breathe, to breathe in the Father's love, right, is to accept and receive the very Spirit of God, Yahweh, right? I've shared that before, right? Yahweh, what is that word, right? They used to call God Yahweh. It wasn't a name. It wasn't a name. It was a sound. It was a sound. It was this. <gasps> the very Spirit of God, that they understood that every time they breathed in and every time they breathed out, that they proclaimed the name of God. You proclaim the name of God, right? So this third way, this relationship with God, 
is also about a relationship with ourselves, and it is also about a relationship with others. Okay? So for today, for today, I want you to grasp that God inhabits your body. I want you to grasp that God inhabits your body, that God actually delights in every inch of you, every inch of you. Imagine that for a second. Okay, if you think that's weird, stay tuned because I'm about to make this really weird, okay? Because I think making it weird and awkward, it would be a really great way to help you remember this, okay? Anybody have a bucket list? There's a few people who are going, oh no, he's going to do it. Anybody have a bucket list? Yeah, you got a bucket list, a few things on the bucket list. I got a bucket list, right? I got some places I'd like to visit. Feels like COVID's kind of getting in the way of that, even though I had no, no trips planned. All of a sudden now I can't go somewhere. I feel like COVID has taken something from me that I didn't actually plan for in the first place. Okay, just give that, a, let that sink in for a second, okay, right? It's interesting, but, but right, so I, I got some places I leave. I, I, I got some, some, some things I'd like to do, right? I'm 46 years old, and on my bucket list, and I'm kind of scared to say this because my kids are going to freak out, I would love to hold one of my grandchildren someday if I ever have one. It's on my bucket list. Got some other weird things on my bucket list, and one of the things that's kind of weird on my bucket list, and here it comes, it's going to get weird. I'd kind of like to go to a nude beach someday. Right? Yeah? Anybody with me? I mean, you don't have to come with me, but it's on your bucket list. <laughs> right? I told you I was going to make it weird. Okay, so I'm making it weird. Now just imagine that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. All right, so, so here's the thing. I, it, it, it's on my bucket list. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why it's on my bucket list. And it actually is a little bit deeper than just going and, and, and experiencing a nude beach because of what I might see. It actually doesn't have very much to do, actually, at all with what I might see. So, so here's what I'm actually going to get real with you for a second. Actually, it has a whole lot more to do with something in me. Something in me that's kind of rolling around and trying to figure out in my interior life. Okay, and so, so I'm going to try to explain it so that I know I'm going to be teased about this for a very long time, but at least you'll know why I'm willing to kind of put this out there. Okay? And, and, and the reason why is it, it, it doesn't have anything with seeing about anything to do with seeing other people naked. I've, I've done weddings on the beach in Mexico. I've already seen people naked at wedding services. <laughs> Actually, there's nothing really that awesome about it. It's awkward is all it is. But, but the idea of going to, to do this exercise actually has a whole lot more to do with that it is something that scares the crap out of me. That it's actually really, really scary. And it's not actually about the physical part. I think I have a decent self-image self of myself. But it actually has something, a whole lot more to do with the emotional and the mental and the spiritual aspect of being exposed. Of being exposed, right? Imagine that for a second. Just think about that for a second. Not the nude beach part. But what does it mean to consider what it would be like for you to be completely 
exposed. To be completely exposed. Right? To allow others to see me for me. To allow others to see me for me. Right? To come maybe someday to a place where I am completely comfortable with who I am. What's happening here inside of me? Right? To be at ease physically, mentally, and spiritually with who I am. Right? Michael Cusick is an author that I have read, and he's also an author that I listen to actually quite a bit. And I, I was listening to him, and he was sharing that, that beyond the basic needs of our life, right? Like humans have a basic need for, for food and shelter, right? That, that beyond that actually is some other basic needs. And one of those basic needs is to be known. To be known. That actually it's not just a desire we have, but it is the need that we have to be known. Right? And he, he goes on, this is a quote he wrote. He's like, to completely show ourselves to another, to be seen by them totally and have them remain must be the truest form of freedom there is. You want me to read that again? Right? To, be complete, to completely show ourselves to another. To be seen by them totally and have them remain. In other words, not flee from us. Must be the truest form of freedom that there is. Right? Are you with me? Are you with me now? Not at the new beach, but are you with me in this sermon as we, as we kind of come along on this journey together? Right? Because if you aren't, then I'm never going to live this down and there's no point in me sharing this. Okay, so stick with me here. Here's the thing. The very beginning of God's good story with us together, guess what it says in chapter 2? It says, they were naked and without shame. At the very beginning of God's created world, there was not a hiding place. There wasn't a need for it. That God strolled in the garden with Adam and with Eve and between Adam and Eve, there was no need for a hiding space and a hiding place. Hear that? We weren't made for it. We weren't made for it, right? And here's the, the real kicker. God knows your interior life. God lives in your interior life. <laughs> you aren't hiding anything from God in your interior life. No matter how hard we try to do that, we are exposed before God. He knows your every longing. He knows your every self-destructive habit. He knows it all. He knows it all. 
And yet the scriptures tell us that he has chosen to abide there. He has chosen to take up residence there, in your exposed place. That's where he chooses to dwell and to live and to experience you, right? That should tell us how intensely precious you are to him. Right? That's the therefore statement. He has chosen to abide in you, to take up residence in you. Therefore, he sees you as precious. As precious. Right? And so I wonder then, when I think about this, I wonder if the process of being a disciple is less about cleaning up this place so that he will dwell in us. And maybe a part of the process of discipleship is accepting that he already does dwell in us. And that he is trying to reveal in us the great goodness that is present in us, in you, in me. Do you hear me? We spend so much time trying to clean up this place so that God will dwell here. But God has already said he's dwelling here, he's already here. Maybe he's trying to reveal for us truth, goodness, holiness, all of those things. You are holy because God abides in you. He lives in you. Does that mean we got self-destructive things going on? Yes, still means that. But every self-destructive thing we do, guess who is with us? Just think about that. Think about that. Right? For those of us who struggle with different things, just think about that. You got a problem with things you Google search on the internet? Well, guess who sits with you in that? We don't leave Jesus at the door. Jesus' presence sitting there with us in that. Oh, that might create shame, that might create embarrassment, it might create all those things, but you know what? He already knows all that. He's not surprised. He is not surprised. And he still chooses to dwell in us. You hear that? It's profoundly important that we hear that. I'll just give you one example. We all have self-destructive behaviors. Those moments of pride, those moments, all of that. He's there. He's there. He's there with us in those things. Right? Chooses to be there. Has promised to be there. To abide in us. Right? Psalm 139. Knit you together in his mind. He knows your goings and your comings. Present with you and I. Wow. Right? Wow. Right? To begin doing the work of loving ourselves and understanding ourselves as much as God does, is the work of self-care. I'll say it again. To begin doing the work of loving ourselves and understanding ourselves, right, as much as God does. That's self-work. That's self-care. That's what it means to do that. In this, care, in this way, self-care, self-awareness, is not a selfish act. It is not a selfish act, and here's why. It is an act of discovering the beauty that God has created. 
It is an act of discovering the beauty that God has created. Not unlike going and exploring those beautiful rocks to the west of us. Not unlike pausing to admire a sunset that God gives to us. Which we would say is beautiful. A God gift. To do self-awareness, to work at self-awareness, to do self-care, is to actually look inward to find the divine what God has been doing inside of you, right? It's profoundly important work. When we pay attention to our bodies here, here, right, they tell us the truth about ourselves. And we've talked about this before. When we listen to our bodies, our bodies tell us the truth about ourselves. They don't just tell us that we didn't eat yesterday, which mine was telling me this morning, right? I had the breakfast of champions, you know, chocolate bar before church started this morning, right? So, so we're definitely not talking about how we take care of our bodies physically today because I'm a terrible example of that this morning. But, but, right, what we are talking about is when we pay attention to our bodies, our bodies tell us the truth, right? They tell us what we need, right, as well as what we crave. You hear that? They tell us what we need as well as what we crave. They tell us what we long for eternally not just what will satisfy us in the moment. In other words, when we partake of something that we think will satisfy us in the moment, well, guess what God is also telling you? He's also telling you what you know you need already for eternity. We just don't listen to it very well. We just don't listen to it very well. Right? When we pay attention to our bodies, it'll tell us what barriers we are putting up protect ourselves and, and keep ourselves safe. When we pay attention to these things, we start realizing that we actually were made, get this, for vulnerability. And not. Right? That we're actually made for vulnerability. I shared a vulnerable story with you about my bucket list. Well, look at Adam and Eve in the garden. They weren't just naked. They weren't just exposed. They were vulnerable. And it was the perfect relationship with God and others. Right? We were made to walk free. We were made to walk without free, without fear. We were made, right, to stroll in the garden naked, so to speak. I'm not suggesting you try that, especially this week, physically. But we were made for it. It's where we started. It's where we began, right? Right? You see, learning to pay attention to our interior life is profoundly important because it leads us to the purest form of seeing the depths of God's love for us. All right? Of seeing the depths of God's love for us. Self-care, then, can be an actual act of worship. Not of ourselves. Do not hear what I am not saying. <laughs> Please do not hear what I am not saying. Self-care can be an act of worship. Not of ourselves but of the divine within us who made us, who knit us together, who created us. All the skills 
and gifts, to love, to choose, to sacrifice, to all of those things. They come after that, right? So Mark, the gospel writer Mark, he writes in chapter 12, it's verse 29 and 31, it's, it's a kind of a special prayer. They call it the Shema. I'm not going to get into teaching about that, but it, it goes like this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And get this, also love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. The suggestion here is, that is being made is that learning to love God with all that we are requires learning to love ourselves as much as our neighbors. These three things are mutual. They're done together. They are done together. They're mutual partners. If we do not learn to love God, we cannot learn to love ourselves. If we do not learn to love ourselves, we cannot actually truly love our neighbors. The degree to which you love yourself is the degree to which you will be able to love your neighbor. Do you hear what I'm saying? So if you say you hate your neighbors... I said something really pointed and hard to take, <laughs> but I think important, but I think really, really important. Think about that. Your neighbors were placed in your neighborhood, on your street, actually to teach you how to love God and how to love yourself. It's important. Okay, I want to wrap up. Everybody's hoping I will soon, I'm sure, right? I don't want to wrap up this way by being as practical as I can. Okay? First of all, and this is going to sound ironic, the journey, the journey, I believe that the journey of self-discovery is not meant to be actually done alone. <laughs> the journey of self-discovery is not meant to be done exclusively alone. So I'm not actually suggesting that you just go off into the mountains and do some self-discovery. Okay? Although, it may be a good start. It may be a good start. Right? Even the minimal work that I feel like I've done on my own interior life, right, has been prompted by God through the mouths of the people around me. The minimal work of self-care that I have done has been prompted by God through the mouths of the people around me. Okay? We not only need each other, but we have been gifted each other with shared wisdom, the shared wisdom of God's creation. In other words, I need your wisdom as much as you need mine to see myself holy, divinely. I need your help to see God's spirit working in me as much as you need me as your pastor to do that. We need each other. It's profoundly important, right? The shared gifted gift of God's creation sounds like this. It sounds like friends. It sounds like spouses. It sounds like neighbors and pastors and counselors and spiritual directors and mentors and families and small groups. All of these things, all of these Humans provide a context for us to do self-care, self-awareness well. Okay? We need it. 
All of these people have helped me to learn more how to interact with the Holy Spirit who is in love with me and who is in love with you. I'm going to just pause for a real second. I'm, I am coming to now. Think about that. Can you say that? The Holy Spirit inside of you is in love with you. Let's change it, even for those at home. Let's say it out loud. The Holy Spirit inside of me is in love with me. I can see that's hard for some of you to say. So I think we should do it again. Let's do it again. The Holy Spirit inside of me is in love with me. Try saying that every morning as you get set for your day, as you care for your time on this place. In times of difficulty, in times of struggle, in times of pain, I have had to reach out to not only the Holy Spirit, but to others to remind me of who I am. It's self-care. We need it. We need each other in this way. Like I said at the beginning, I believe that we are about to enter into a very difficult season in our world. And I love you. I love you. And so from the bottom of my heart, I really want you to take seriously setting yourself up well to make, make this next season less difficult. To draw close to God. To draw close to important sources of truth in your life. Right? So I'm going to say it. If you've ever considered going to see a counselor, Go now. Don't wait till you're in crisis. Why do we have to wait till we're in crisis all the time? Right? If you've ever considered calling a friend to tell them that you're having an actual hard time, right? Or even that you're worried or concerned about what's to come, please do it. Don't wait. Do it. Call somebody and tell them. If you've ever considered calling one of your pastors or setting up an appointment with the spiritual director, do it. Be proactive about taking care of yourself, about setting yourself up to succeed throughout these next months that are going to not only be winter, but may very well feel like winter, especially when you can't look forward to that trip to Mexico you were thinking about. Or whatever. A few people just broke into tears, right? Just think about that. Right? We don't have to wait for a crisis to reach out. Caring for yourself is a long game. A game that Jesus is profoundly interested in. A game that Jesus is profoundly trying to reveal himself to you in. And he isn't far away. He's right here. Present with you. Present with me. Right? A journey of self-discovery. Self-care has been one of the scariest journeys I have had to go on in my life. But it has also um, revealed to me Jesus in my life. That scripture of 139, woven together in my mother's womb, discovering the threads 
of how God wove me together. It's one of the most profound journeys I have ever been on. And I didn't have to go anywhere. Amen? Let me pray for you and me. God, I am so grateful that you knit me together, that you knit us together in our mother's womb, that you took great care in putting us together. That God, you know all of these interior parts of us, that they, you know the interior voices, those that speak good words, but also those that speak destructive words to us. God, might you be present in us, speaking truth to us about what we need to lean into and what we need to lean away from so that we might be able to care well not only for ourselves, but for each other. God, may this journey be a journey that is revealing, exposing, scary, messy, and all of those things so that we might be able to see you and experience you allow you to speak words about how you put us together and what we were made for. I am grateful for you. Thank you. In your name. Amen. Would you stand? I haven't stood yet this morning. And uh, so your legs are numb. I want to just share uh, the benediction. And then uh, when I'm done doing that benediction, I know some of you aren't planning to stick around for the, for the annual meeting, and so I want to give you a chance to kind of leave and step out maybe into the hallway, encourage you to follow the social distancing rules as best you can. Um, and then for those of you who want to stay in this room and join us for the meeting, uh, we're going to start pretty quick. We're actually not even going to turn the live stream off, so we want to kind of make that happen. If you need to go get your kids, you can do that, um, because your kids are going to have to be in here with us uh, during this, this meeting. So hopefully you got crayons and papers and all those things so you can stay if you'd like. Uh, if you need to go, don't, don't feel bad about that. Okay? So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace. As you go from this place, discovering the divine, the very spirit of God in you. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to me. Amen. Have a good week, you guys.